Welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I am the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I invite you to check out over 4,000 of my written reviews you can read anytime. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. I know it's been a while since I've done an episode of this podcast. It's just been one of those years where there's not a lot coming out in theaters because there's no theaters open, or very few, I should say, that are showing any kind of new movies. There are some things that are shown on streaming services, and I'm going to be talking about one of those films today. It is on Disney's streaming platform called Disney+. Plus. It's a film that was actually made to be put into theaters here in 2020, but of course the opportunity just did not arise, so they uh, are allowing it for people who subscribe to Disney+, Plus, and there's no extra charge, unlike Mulan, which is going to be coming out very shortly at least at the time of this recording. It's a PG-rated film. I personally think it probably could have gotten away with a G rating, but it does have mild thematic elements. One hour and 35 minutes is the runtime. Brian Cranston, Ariana Greenblatt, Ramon Rodriguez, Owen Arthur, Mike White are in the, the live-action cast. This actually has a live-action cast as well as the CG characters that are provided with voice actors like Sam Rockwell, Danny DeVito, Brooklyn Prince, Angelina Jolie, Shaka Khan, Ron Funches, and Helen Mirren. The director for the one and only Ivan is Thea Sherrick, and the screenplay credited to Mike White. Now, Disney first approached Mike White, the screenwriter, to adapt Catherine Applegate's 2012 children's book called, of course, The One and Only Ivan. It won a Newbery Medal in 2013. And White looked at this. He was not keen on adapting a children's book, but he was emotionally affected when he did choose to read it. It was very sad. It was poetic amid the cutesier aspects of the book. It did have a lot of ethical challenges, some inspirational material as well. So White decided he was going to give it a go. Applegate based her book on a real-life account, so it's kind of based, it's inspired by a true story, as they say at the beginning of the film. There was actually a 400-pound silverback gorilla named Ivan, and he was born in 1962. He was captured by poachers. Shortly after that, he was brought to the United States, and he spent 27 years in captivity at the B&I public marketplace in Tacoma, Washington, before the public heard about Ivan's story and demanded that he should be able to find a better pasture somewhere. The story, for the movie's purposes, centers around Ivan, that silverback gorilla who lives in a cage as the star of a struggling animal show at a suburban shopping center called the Big Top Mall and Video Arcade at Exit 8. Ivan's main shtick as part of this indoor circus is to roar. He has to look intimidating, but behind the scenes, he is just a very thoughtful and sensitive soul. There are other talented animals, animal acts under the care of this beleaguered ringleader named Mac played by Brian Cranston. Those animals include a baseball-playing chicken, there's a sassy poodle, a bunny, a seal, a parrot, and there's this elderly elephant named Stella, plus a stray mutt sometimes comes around to talk to Ivan. His name is Bob, or at least that's the name they give him. Ivan befriends the young daughter of the mall cleaner, who hands him some crayons to draw, and he takes to this. It's something he has an interest in doing, which has Mac seeing dollar signs when he finds out that his gorilla can draw. Ivan is going to be the one to save his floundering circus attraction, but not quite enough, I think, because Mac has to secure the services of this adorable baby elephant named Ruby. She arrives to become the latest big attraction under the tutelage and loving guidance of Stella, the elderly elephant. 
The drawing, the painting, plus Ruby's arrival, those all start to trigger Ivan's memories of his childhood, of freedom in the wild with his family, where he actually was kind of an artist there too. Meanwhile, Stella does not want Ruby to live a sheltered life as she has had all her life, so Ivan plans to break free and deliver Ruby to a life of freedom, if he can go through with his plans to do that. Now, Mike White, the writer and director of 2007's The Year of the Dog, he's had experience with animal movies. He was also planning to direct the one and only Ivan at one point, but he decided that he would only write for this one. There were a lot of technical challenges that he was not ready to take up, but White also appears in the film. He has a cameo role. You'll see him driving by the mall in a car during one sequence, and he also provides the voice of the seal named Frankie. White felt that this story needed a bit more locale expansion. He gave it more character-based humor. There was a more caper-like plot put into the film, and there's a lot more story acceleration to try to get it to work as a successful all-ages movie for about 90 minutes. Mike Newell, when White decided he wasn't going to direct, he stepped in, but he soon left the project after a few months. So in 2017, Disney secured veteran theater director Thea Sherrick, who was coming off of her first big screen effort, this romantic tearjerker hit called Me Before You. Now, this is a live action film. It does have CG animal characters. It was shot at Pinewood Studios in London. There are some external shots at Lakeland, Florida, but it's very much a live action film with animals in it, but they're not real animals. Angelina Jolie, she serves as a co-producer for the one and only Ivan. She does the voice of Stella, the elderly elephant. Jolie's daughter, Shiloh, introduced Angelina to the book. She fell in love with this story of this mother passing along the wisdom to her child, seeing the next generation live better lives than the ones that they led, which is what Stella does and something that appeals to Angelina Jolie, who does a lot of humanitarian works. In early 2018, Sam Rockwell soon joined the voice cast as Ivan. It's not exactly the voice that I would imagine coming out of this massive gorilla, but I think that Sam Rockwell does give a lot of personality to Ivan, and it grows on you. Soul singer Shaka Khan, she plays Henrietta, the baseball-loving chicken. She did not read the book before signing on, but she looked at the part, and she liked it enough to take it. She didn't know what voice she should give to this chicken, but she tried a variety of what she called chicken voices for about an hour with Danny DeVito, who kind of acted as the vocal coach for a lot of these celebrities coming in. They decided that it was better to just use her regular voice. That seemed to work best for the part. Brian Cranston, he leads the live acting roles here. He plays Mac, who cares about his animals at the same time he is, I guess you can say he's exploiting them for money. The book casts him more as a villain type, but the film gives him a more complex nature. His relationship to the animals is much more complicated than just trying to exploit them. He shows that he loves Ivan, but he also knows that he needs Ivan and some of these animals to make a success for his career, the circus thing. He's been doing it so long, he doesn't have anything else to fall back on. So he needs them to make it a success. Disney and Sherrick did agree that it was better thematically to have a conflicted character set than all animals being good and all humans being bad. It helps to have an actor as able to evoke flawed humanity as Cranston delivers here. He's nicely nuanced in this performance within this traditionally simplified Disney presentation. Now, as I mentioned earlier, Disney did intend the one and only Ivan to be a release into theaters, but because of COVID-19 and most theaters being shut down, they decided to debut their film on the Disney Plus service, but that ends up kind of working well because the film has a lot of themes of isolation that may seem 
particularly relevant when families are themselves stuck at home. Of course, these animals were not stuck anywhere. These were CG creations. There were people in green costumes that were used in place of the animals for the live action scenes. The CG was added later. Uh, the vocal talent pre-recorded their dialogue and the motion capture actors would physically act them out sometime later. Now, because they were using a lot of green screening and other CG elements, making flashbacks to Ivan's childhood starker, there were contemporary scenes that did not have any green whatsoever. That was an artistic choice as well, because when we finally see all of the green beauty of Ivan's childhood, it makes it all the more striking to behold in contrast to the enclosed confines of the mall where he works. The one and only Ivan is a more relaxed and less snarky film for kids than we generally get. The characters are cute, but they're not cartoonish. They opt for photorealistic CG depictions of these animals. These animals are anthropomorphic characters that talk to each other when humans are not around. It's a very patient film. It's predictable if you've seen your share of these kinds of movies. It is aimed mostly at the younger set, trying to open them up to feelings that many animated Cineplex adventures do tend to ignore, but still... There's plenty of jocularity and fun characters to enjoy in the middle of this sometimes serious and emotional undertaking. Now, messages for the film include the need for self-expression. Obviously, the artistic nature of Ivan speaks to that. There's also an animal rights plea here. It does question whether removing animals from their natural habitats is a beneficial thing for the world at large. There is also this notion that loving somebody sometimes means letting them go to where they might be most happy, even if that means having to say goodbye to them forever. Another theme that might be lost on kids, but it's potent to adults, is this lesson on the exploitation of nature for capitalism. Some people shut off their ability to empathize because they're making profits. And so that's kind of in keeping with a lot of things going on now, whether the environment is more important than making money, the green of nature versus the green of cash in the pocket. Now, in some ways, it does shadow Disney's stance on using animals in films. Disney, as a company, once embraced using animals, real live animals, in their films for a profit. They later determined that that was not the way to go. So, of course, they can afford to recreate these animals with sophisticated computer generation. It often works better, really, than trying to train real animals to do the same thing. So, while the technical prowess does fare better than its storytelling, I do think that Ultimately, there is enough here to recommend for people who like this kind of movie. It's a glossy but heartwarming tale that will please younger children and many adults who also enjoy Disney Family Fair. And for that, I will give the one and only Ivan three stars out of four. Three stars on my scale means that I do think that it is good entertainment for people who are looking for this kind of thing. I think if you're a cinephile looking for a great masterwork here, you're not going to get it. This definitely is a very formula film. But if you know that going in and you just want something to watch with your younger kids that will give you enough entertainment to keep your interest, but also give you something to talk about afterward, it certainly is going to fit the bill. Enough to give it three stars out of four. Thank you everyone for listening. I hope that you enjoyed this review. If you have your own thoughts on the one and only Ivan, you can write to me. You can find my contact information at my website. That's at quipster.net, Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. You can find links to my Twitter feed, Facebook page, Instagram. Any of those ways are adequate to get in touch with me whenever you want. Hopefully I will be a little bit more regular when it comes to doing this particular podcast, but I also do pretty much week in, week out around the world in 80s movies. I definitely hope that you'll at least try that podcast if you haven't done so already because I feel like that podcast has really come into its own in a very good way so I hope that you give it a chance if you haven't listened to it in a while it has changed 
quite a bit over the last 150 episodes that I've done there. So anyway, thank you so much for listening. And please enjoy your time anytime you're resting comfortably on your couch, taking in a brand new movie at home. (laughs) 